Hey y'all, I'm Chantel. I'm Hannah. And I'm Liz. And this is the Anti-Racist Appalachia Podcast. So in a little bit, we'll start talking about the background of anti-racist Appalachia, what we do specifically, some work that we've done in the community. But before that, I'd like to give everyone a minute to introduce themselves. Hannah, would you like to start? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Hannah, and I was born and raised in Garrett County, Maryland. Um, I'm currently in graduate school at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and studying speech language pathology. And I'm Liz. Uh, My name is Liz Sines. I am an attorney in Baltimore. Um, I was also born and raised in Garrett County, um, and I have a ton of family who still live in the area. And I am Chantel, uh, Chantel Friend, which is a very Garrett County and last name, if you're familiar with Garrett County. I was also born and raised in Oakland, and right now I live in West Virginia. I'm getting my master's in social work at West Virginia University. So some of you may know and some of you may not, but Anti-Racist Appalachia was formed in Garrett County, Maryland. So to give you all a little bit of context, Liz is going to go over some specific demographic information. Thanks, Chantel. All right. So as of the 2020 census, the population of Garrett County is 28,806. That makes it the third least populous county in Maryland, um, which I didn't know. I didn't realize. Um, I don't know who's behind us. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised we're not the least populous, but there are also a lot smaller counties, so that makes sense. Our county seat is Oakland, which is where I grew up, Chantel grew up. And me. Did you really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. That's awesome. Technically. Oh, like how part of the lake. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Yeah, one side of the bridge is Oakland, the other side is McHenry, so... For age and sex, I thought this was super interesting. Um, Persons under five years only represent about 5% of the population, but persons 65 years and over are 23.1%. I just looked it up and nationally adults 65 and older make up 16% of the population. So the percentage in Garrett County is much higher. That's so strange to me, but I guess it makes sense because we have a lot of retirees, I bet who like retire in Garrett County. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of conversation lately about how the population in Garrett County is aging, how a lot of younger people are leaving the county. Um, So I think that makes sense. But also something interesting that's been happening, and I wonder if the 2020 census was too early to catch this, is that people who are able to work from home remotely full-time have been moving to their vacation homes full-time. Yeah, that's very true. We probably should touch on the fact that um, Garrett County houses Deep Creek Lake, which is a huge tourist attraction. And so there are a lot of second homes in the area. Um, And like Chantel said, a lot of people are choosing to make those their permanent residences now that they're able to work from home due to the coronavirus pandemic. (laughs) All right. Racial makeup of Garrett County. So white people make up 97.3% of the population. Uh, Black or African-American represent 1.1%. And the next highest, Hispanic Hispanic or Latino, 1.2%. 
Asian Americans only make up 0.4% of the county and American Indian or Alaska Native 0.2%. Wow. Two or more races. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say two or more races, people of two or more races make up only 1% of the population. So Liz, I'm curious about educational attainment in Garrett County. What are the numbers for high school graduation? So 89.8% of people in Garrett County age 25 years or older are high school graduates or higher. That's what the census data says. Um, But for bachelor's degrees, uh, only 20.9% of the population has a bachelor's degree or higher. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. It looks like um, the national average for high school graduation is around 88%. So it seems like Garrett County is right on par with the national average for high school graduation, but the number for bachelor's degrees is only about half of the national average. Um, So nationally, 37.5% of the U.S. population has a bachelor's degree or higher. And you said Garrett County was 20%? Yeah, 20.9%. Wow. It's interesting to think about, too, though, because that census data only includes people who currently live in Garrett County. So I wonder what the number would be like if it included people who had left Garrett County for college and just didn't happen to move back. Which I think is a lot of people. Me too. (laughs) Including the three of us. (laughs) Yeah. I would also like to, I guarantee that we have way higher um, percentages of people who will go to trade school. And I wish that was included in this because maybe Mm -hmm. our number is actually higher than the national average. If you would take that. Include trade school. Yeah. Thing when you are talking to your friends who aren't from Garrett County or even really maybe from Appalachia, what do you tell them? Or like, what are they most shocked about? So I was talking to this girl um, from, she's from like New York City. And so she obviously has a very different frame of reference for what living somewhere is like. Um, but she immediately asked me if it was like, um, the town in Gilmore girls, which kind of got me thinking about like small town stereotypes and like what people expect from like books and movies. And I thought that was just kind of funny because I think the biggest thing that I thought of that was different was the walkability. Like when people think of small towns, they think, oh, you know, it's just this small, close knit community and everyone walks everywhere in this little cute little town. But like with Garrett County, everything is so spread out that that's just not really a factor. Yeah. Plus the fact that there's no public transportation. Right. Like nothing is as accessible as it probably seems to an outsider. This is kind of the opposite of what you asked, but something that I forget is that not everyone grew up in the mountains. And like when I look around and I don't see mountains, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And someone was telling me that being in the mountains makes them feel claustrophobic because they grew up somewhere where everything was open and flat. And I was like, I can't even imagine that. Instead, I feel like comfort with the mountains around me. And they were like, no, it makes me feel really anxious. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking today about what makes, because I was thinking that too, about like small town stereotypes and like what specifically like gives Appalachia like its distinct, like what is an Appalachian small town? And I think it was like what I kind of landed on was it 
feels like it kind of combines everything that you feel about other small towns. Like, I think we have the Southern hospitality. Like, I think it is, like, known that people are supposed to be friendly and accommodating and hold the door for you and say hello and good morning, you know, things like that. Like, I think that's all part of living in an Appalachian small town. And this idea of small towns being incredibly close-knit and, like, I saw someone writing on Facebook the other day talking about Dylan Jones. He was, uh, uh, at the time he was a kid, I think he was only maybe, like, 18 or 19, and he had a brain tumor, um, and how, like, for years, I remember as he was, uh, you know, battling brain cancer, that was something that was always on social media. And there were, like, spaghetti dinners every month and things like that. And someone was writing about how how distinct that was. Like, small town life. Like, this idea that, like, everyone in the county knew Dylan Jones and knew what was going on and, like, became really close, like, to that story and followed it. Like, it mattered. You know, like, I never met Dylan. Um, but I think there's something in there as well. Like this idea that like, we are supposed to look out for each other and like, that's what we love. You know, that's what people always say they love about living in a small town. Like this idea that like, we look out for each other and show up for each other and, you know, care about each other, even when we may not have this like personal connection. Well, I think that's something I really miss sometimes it's like feeling like when I walk in somewhere, there's going to be someone who knows me or like knows mm-hmm. something about me and is interested in that, you know, like wants to know how I'm doing. I don't get that in where I live now. Yeah, I think it's kind of it can kind yeah. of be a blessing and a curse because um like to a certain extent, you don't really have any sense of anonymity. Like you can't just go out and like go to the store and just not run into anyone you know like you know that like going into Walmart like you're gonna see at least five people that you know or that know your family um but at the same time like you said it is also very comforting to have that sense of like community and people care about you and people know who you are and you feel very connected my friend and I who is from a different part of Appalachia she's from PA we're talking about exactly this the other day at work because We were both talking about how it's so easy to feel lonely here because we were raised in an area and in a culture where it was normal to care about people, even if you didn't know them. Like, even if I don't know you, I care that you're doing well and I care that you're taken care of. And there's that aspect of community care, whereas here everybody is so, you know, mind your own business and that's not my problem, which is fair. I, I, I totally understand, but it's just so different than what I'm used to. I think that's why it makes it, I think for me, that's why it's always been so complicated, not complicated, complicated is not the right word, but it's difficult to explain to people who are not from Garrett County or similar areas, how you can simultaneously describe some a place is so welcoming and so inviting and like community is so important while also pointing out how flawed a community can be, especially in terms of racism, like in Garrett County. Liz, you made a really good point. Um, and I think that this is a good time to kind of move into how we got started and why we do what we do. Um, and to really highlight the fact that we don't do what we do because we hate Garrett County, but because we love it and we want other people to see the community the same way that we do last fall would have been early last fall 
a partner at my law firm introduced me to his wife, who is general counsel for Maryland Nonprofits, which is a nonprofit that I guess supports and organizes and like helps nonprofits become nonprofits. Um, and she was organizing a group and they've been meeting for quite some time at this point that was addressing racial justice issues in the county. Um, at this point in time, they asked for my help to work on a project um, to remove an effigy that is hanging in Grantsville. So to give you some background, when you are coming into Garrett County, which is this pretty big tourist destination, so we have people from all over coming to the county. When you get off the highway, you drive through this town called Grantsville, and like right when you are getting into Grantsville, or I guess I guess on the outskirts of Grantsville, there is an effigy that hangs on a tree right by the road, um, and it looks like a person being lynched. And people have gone to the property owner, property owners and have repeatedly complained. It's been up for like a decade at this point. I remember it being up when I was a kid. Um, and he refuses. And so people have tried all sorts of things to be able to figure out how to get this removed, like hate crime statutes, um, you know, using local laws to see if it's some kind of like nuisance, nuisance violation. Um, but no one's been successful. And so that's what this group is meeting about. Around that same time, probably like a month into me meeting with this group, there was a huge, I don't even know what to call it. Fe calling it an incident seems like a slap in the face. It was a crime. It was an intimidation crime. Um, where again, we're a tourist destination. There was a Middle Eastern family who was staying at a house on the lake and a person in full clan robes stood at the edge of their driveway as they were leaving and like in an effort to intimidate them. Um, and some weird things had happened around the house before. So they had already been on edge and then they see this person and it, th this person makes a post on social media that I see on Twitter. It's kind of, it's going like locally viral. And of course we're disgusted. Like it's just, we, something so violently racist happening. It, it just felt like a, a call to action in that moment. There was already so much momentum going on with this group. Um, I reached out to Chantel and I said, do you want to do something about this? Like, do you want to team up and do something about this? She agreed. We looped in Hannah and the rest is history. So once the three of us um, started talking, we really were trying to think of what it is that we could do to directly address this situation. And really our main priority at that time was that we just thought that it would be a good idea to get everyone in the same room virtually um, to discuss things that were already happening within the county. Because as Liz said, she was involved um, with some work surrounding the effigy and we had knowledge of some other projects that were happening in the county that we really wanted to um, acknowledge and try to garner support around things that were already happening while trying to see maybe where there were gaps that needed to be filled in. And so what we decided to do was to host a community town hall meeting. And at this meeting, we just invited anyone who is passionate about racial justice issues in the county to come together and just to have a discussion. 
Um, that's really all that we were intending to do at first was to bring people together. Um, but I think things really started to snowball at that point, And we realized that there was still a lot of good that we could continue to do by staying involved in this space. And so things have just kind of evolved since then. And we've taken on more and more responsibility and gone in multiple different directions just based on how we felt that we could help the community. Um, and just to clarify a little bit, I wanted to add that myself as a person of color who grew up in Garrett County um, and a lot of other people of color that I knew from the community did not doubt that this event had happened, um, not for a second, but there were a lot of community members who really didn't want to believe it. Um, and I think that that ties into the idea that you don't want to believe that there's someone like that who lives in your community that you love so much, which to be fair, none of us want to believe it either, but we've seen too much to let us reasonably believe that that's something that is impossible to happen here. Um, so we just felt like it was kind of a last straw moment. Um, and I'll let Liz talk about more specifically about some of the reasons why we thought it was a really good time to start everything and kind of why we think everything took off so well. I 100% agree. It's definitely not like we didn't no racism was a huge problem in the county um and it's not some it's not like we hadn't already been speaking out i think the moment was right to come up with anti-racist appalachia for two reasons one i think that with zoom it allowed us to be involved in a community where we you know weren't living full-time and in so many ways i feel like with the pandemic it created the perfect opportunity for us to be able to hold virtual events that were still safe for people. Um, but that included people who had moved away who still really care about the county um, or people who, you know, have transportation issues and weren't able to make it. Like, I think that Zoom just made it so much more accessible. Plus, I think there was so much momentum because, again, this was the this was right after the summer of the George Floyd uprisings. And so it was on people's minds. People were talking about it. There were, you know, people who were organizing protests in Garrett County for the first time at this point. Um, and I think all of that together made it the right time to move forward with something like this. Since our original town hall meeting, we have held monthly meetings about various different topics. We did an event for Black Love Day in February. We did a meeting talking about race and disability. Um, just whatever topic that we can think to talk about that month or whatever is socially or politically relevant at the time. Um, we've also hosted book and film club meetings where we all watch or read uh, a certain piece and then get together to discuss it. We've had some emergency meetings surrounding um, different pressing current events that we felt like people in the community needed an opportunity to debrief on those. Um, what else, guys? I think that uh, we've really been luckily accepted by the community for the most part. Um, we were invited to speak on a panel at Frostburg State University. We've been invited um, to do things with the newly formed Garrett County NAACP and a lot of organizations that are really well respected and that we definitely respect um, and admire their work. So that has been something that that has been interesting to see as we grow. Definitely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's been so great to collaborate with the other organizations that already exist within the county. Um, I know that that's something that has been really important to us from the beginning is that we don't want to um, repeat any work or overstep any work that's already been done in the community, but rather just wanted to um, see where we could supplement and where we could help out with other groups and organizations that are already doing work in the community. Really, I think one maybe the most important thing that we do, and I think the reason why, exactly as Chantel said, it's been so widely accepted, is that I think that people wanted a space to just be able to talk about race. And I think that is what has been missing for so long in Garrett County. This space that it felt acceptable and appropriate and that you wouldn't be like scorned for talking about race and racial justice issues in a way that, and I think Chantel said this earlier, that comes from a place of love for your community. and that people like wouldn't accuse you of like just trying to meddle or like cause some kind of issue. And I think that's really what we found. Like people want to keep coming. People want to have these meetings. People want to read something and talk about it because there are so many people in the county who've never had a space to be able to just come together and talk freely about race and, and social justice issues in general. I think the second thing that has been so impactful for me, uh, you know, now as we've talked about, like not duplicating work and just like figuring out what's out there. It's like one, I've been shocked by how much work is actually being done already. And I think that that's something that like probably so many people living in small towns, no matter what they look like, don't realize like there's so much work probably being done in your community. If you just go out and try to find it and help if you can. And like, I think like things I've learned, like Lynn Schindel doing this incredible work on like tracking union activity and labor rights, like activity in the county um, or Dwayne Yoder doing so much work on affordable housing, which has become such an issue in Appalachia, especially Garrett County. And so it's, it's like learning from the elders in your community and building on that work. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what I've really appreciated about working with you all. And like, cause I think we all understand that. Like we have so much respect for people who've come before us. Like we love Bob and Mary Helen Spear and Judy Carbone. Shout out, shout out. <laughs> like these are people we see all the time now, you know, who like become very important figures in my life. And it's because like, I feel like I learned so much from them and I feel like they are so open to learning from us. Exactly what you just said was exactly what I was going to add about your first point was that I think too, people really want a space where it's okay for them to ask questions that they can't normally ask and to make mistakes because it happens. And I think that we've been very careful and tried really, really hard to cultivate an environment in our meetings where people know that they can ask questions and no one's going to say, you can't ask that question or, but sometimes we don't know the answer. Um, and that's okay. Cause we're not experts in anything here, except what all of our master's degrees are in. But, um, I think that just being, being allowed to ask questions and being allowed to be curious without having to feel like you might offend or hurt somebody is just astronomically important to the learning process in general, but especially when 
it comes to such sensitive topics. Another shout out. I learn something from Bob and Mary Helen every single time we have a meeting. I learn something new from them. They're like walking encyclopedias. I really hope they listen to this so that they hear all of this. I hope they do. We'll know if they don't. Yeah, because if they do, Bob and Mary Helen, if you hear this, uh, wear yellow shirts to the next meeting. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, I just meant that they'd know because they would mention it. Yeah. Or we would know that they watched it because they would mention us mentioning them. But also wear yellow to the next meeting. <laughs> I will too. Ooh, here's a fun here's a fun fact. Some of the oldest parts of the Appalachian Mountains are more than one billion years old. No. No. <laughs> no, they're not. No. I swear. That just gave me a tummy ache. <laughs> I've had a chill through my soul. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me fact check. Because you know all those videos that you see, like trying to like talk about billionaire wealth and like yeah. how wild that gets. That's- now, instead, those are years. This really says the Appalachian region is more than a billion years old. Like it literally says that. How old is the Earth? I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> okay, Earth is four point five. For three billion years so it it could be true that now it sounds right to me now i believe it appalachian fun fact so at the end of every episode because um in the coming episodes you'll see that some of the conversations we have are pretty heavy so at the end of every episode we are going to share something fun and this week what we're sharing is a song that we have been listening to a lot recently that has given us um as hannah said good vibes, good vibes. so who would like to start um, um oh no i did not say good vibes i just <laughs> said vibes <laughs> because mine was definitely about to be all too well 10 minute version taylor swift <laughs> which i definitely cry every other time i listen to it but sometimes listening to a song that makes you cry makes you feel good yeah no oh. on that. Is that, i was gonna say that doesn't only that. happen to me right <laughs> Okay, a song that makes us feel things. <laughs> and Hannah's is all too well, the 10-minute version. Taylor's version. I cannot stop listening to It's Called Free Fall by Rainbow Kitten Surprise. So good. Are we allowed to end? Like, we should play it out. No, we have to pay for that, right? Yeah. I'll sing it at the end. <laughs> And I have recently watched the movie Encanto for the first time. And soundtrack absolutely bangs. I've been listening to We Don't Talk About Bruno. Um, Hannah and Liz are going to watch it for the first time soon. Okay, should we all say bye? Okay, bye. 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 <laughs> what if it like pierced? Okay, okay, I'm going to count us down. Ready? <laughs> Three, two, Bye. <laughs> noise (laughs) why did you guys not go i did you didn't hear me i didn't go i did okay last time bye Bye.